We live in a very hurried world. We hurry about trying to do things all the time, all day, all day long. We're going from one thing to another. At least this is my experience that I often find myself wondering why I didn't put just a few more minutes between one appointment to another on my calendar. Hurry is to be contrasted with haste. We hear in the Gospel how Mary, having heard the word of the angel, says yes to the angelic pronouncement that she's to be the mother of God and then makes haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Hurry is disorganized. Haste is focused. Hurry is scattered. Haste is organized. Hurry leads to, in the words of one business book, suboptimal performance. Haste leads to the joy of successfully doing what you know you need to do. We hurry when we get caught up in our own insignificant ego dramas. That's the play uh, we often think that we're starring in, directing, and producing about our life. We make ourselves out to be God, and when we figure out that we're not, this leads us to hurry, to run around trying to figure out how to make everything work perfectly in our little story. We run around like crazy trying to serve the idols that we've created at the service of our ego, at the service of the I. And you can pick your poison here, whatever those idols are, money, sex, honor, pleasure, comfort. And we find ourselves, at the end of the day, completely exhausted and with nothing, absolutely nothing of value to show for it. When this occurs, we become like a river with poorly defined banks, maybe a little like the bayous of Louisiana. Not good for much, except for awesome Cajun food. We lack power. We're caught in the doldrums of life. Sloth becomes our way of life. Our frantic hurry then becomes a shield, a mask for our lack of purpose. This becomes very apparent in those moments where we're quiet, and yet we're unable to be still. We're unable to rest. For we feel the anxiety of hurry still upon us. And brothers and sisters, that anxiety, that fear, is actually a very good thing. It's a grace. Because it means that we're still forced to question and to seek. In our silent hurry, where we find ourselves trying, ever trying to overcome the weight of this burden, the burden of our own insufficiency, our own weakness, our sin, and moreover, the ancient curse of original sin. Unconsciously, in our frantic activity, we seek the Lord for whom our heart longs, but we do not find Him, for we do not look in the right place. 
And we do not know, in the words of St. Paul, how to pray as we ought. And suddenly, friends, in the moment of quiet, we find ourselves perhaps crying out because of this grace with the psalmist, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. For we recognize in that moment that we cannot save ourselves. The primacy of grace is made so apparent here. Before we can do anything, God seeks us. God takes the first step. That is what we will celebrate at Christmas a week from now. God revealing His face to us that we might love Him. This happens in every sacrament, brothers and sisters. This is what God is doing here in this place tonight as we celebrate the Eucharist again. He offers Himself to us and we get to encounter Him. He reveals Himself to us, to you and to me, that we might love Him. Yet what will be our response? It must be one of haste, friends. Our Lady truly shows us the meaning of haste. She has found her place in the great theodrama, the action of God in the world. She is to bear the Savior, and she goes in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth, filled with the Spirit. What separates being in a hurry from, being, from making haste? To make haste, one must have a clear sense of purpose, which is a necessarily singular thing. You can't be in haste about many things. You only have one thing that you have haste about. You can't have multiple purposes when you have haste. You've got to be focused on the one thing necessary. To make haste, one must know the one thing necessary and choose to pursue it with all their heart, with all their mind, and all their soul, and all their strength. Haste in the spiritual sense means knowing that God loves you and that you are not God and that He has called you. If hurry is a river without banks, haste is a well-defined channel with a full reservoir which is powerfully moving. It's a river which is capable of being tapped and carving out a great canyon in the spiritual landscape, which moves with purpose drawn by the gravity of God's love to the ocean of Trinitarian communion, affecting everything that it touches on its way to the ocean. You and I must be this type of river of God's love, friends. Mary hears the word of the angel and she says yes with her entire being. And that yes resounds to all of heaven and earth. She becomes one who participates in Christ's redeeming act. And so you and I also are called to participate in such an act to participate in the very salvation for which we long. That yes that Mary speaks resounds and it carves the spiritual landscape 
But it starts with her. It starts with one person saying yes. It starts with her fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum. Let it be done unto me according to your word. And then her choice to do the next right thing. The next thing for the sake of the one necessary thing. Mary goes to Elizabeth out of kindness, yes. But primarily because she loves God. Our part, friends, in the great theodrama then involves specificity. Mary doesn't just go to everybody. She goes to the one to whom God has sent her. Filled with the Spirit, God calls us to Himself. And drawn by the gravity of God's love, we choose, inspired by His grace, to love specifically, intentionally, and with haste. For we have our purpose. We have our vocation, which is to love. And when that happens, we have our own moments of the visitation occurring. We carry God's joy as Mary carried God's joy to Elizabeth to other people. The mighty river of God's love in our heart overflows into another's heart. God's love flowing through you and I can break down the barriers around stony hearts, around the stony hearts of those who surround us. They can be converted to God's love. They will learn to cry with us, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved to offer themselves in union with the Son in his one perfect sacrifice which redeems us. Friends, what does this look like practically? Start with the people who are in your life. Family, friends, especially those who are fallen away from the church. Pray for them. Reach out to them in kindness and love because you care for them, but more because you love God and wish Him to be known. How can you proclaim the joy that Mary proclaims to Elizabeth to others? Second, beyond our family of family and friends, knowing that the church is always on mission. We are always on mission, brothers and sisters. I want to draw your attention in a particular way to next weekend as an opportunity to do this. If we consider how many people will be here at the cathedral or wherever you go to Mass next weekend, how many people who may sometimes not be in church will be here next weekend? Maybe those Catholics who have fallen away from the practice of the faith or those who are unchurched or those who just find themselves here by custom or by tradition or at the request of their mother or father, how many of them will join us next week? When you come here next week or when you go to church next week, wherever you are next Saturday, you go into mission territory. You're surrounded by those who desire God in some way. They're thirsting for the river of God's love. How will you respond to that opportunity? How will I respond to that opportunity? How will you let the river of God's love flow through you and affect them? Will we be in haste to greet them, to love them, 
to be willing to give up our comfort for their evangelization. We greet them with a smile as we try and squish into the pews. Right? It's that practical. That's, that's what we have to do, friends. If we want Christ to be known. We have to get to that level. I want to challenge you here. You come to Mass next Saturday. Find someone who you don't know. Maybe that you've never seen before. And just say hi. Maybe introduce yourself after Mass. And say, Merry Christmas. Glad you're here. Are you new in this area? <laughs> right? And, and see where it goes. Invite them to come back. Greet them. Invite them when you see them. This is our mission field. We have an opportunity to help people to be caught up in to love's great river of to love's great river for them to seek the face of the Lord with all their heart to give them the best gift that we could possibly give another human being to know that they are loved by God and to love and to have the joy that we have as we long for the Lord beyond all telling. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly.